Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. .edu/podcast What's up Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson, and as always, I'm sitting here with KC Clap. What's going on everyone? That's me. I'm KC Clap. I'm That's here. Him. Having a good time. Same old G. Same old G. I love that saying. <laughs> I done it. I use that so many times. I'm like, well, you know me. Same old G. Yeah, anytime that anyone says you know me, I have to follow it up with same you old must. G. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. honestly, if you don't, you're culturally out of touch. That's right. Okay. It's how I show people I'm cool. Yeah, exactly. And that's how <laughs> other people are like, he's cool. And then I and then they they go, uh uh-huh. Oh, no, he's not. <laughs> Never mind. I'm decently cool, I think. Yeah, I think so. You're a singer-songwriter. That's pretty cool. That gets me some points. It really does. I got a, I got a nose ring. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, exactly. Like I I got tattoos. You're very cool. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Yeah, I think you're, you're very cool, too. Well, thanks, Casey. Yeah, you're welcome. Anyway, <laughs> what else what are we a, talking about? What a, what a way to start an episode. Uh, Casey, um, as you may or may not be able to hear, dear listener, we are outside right now. This is our very first mainline episode of Completely Arbitrary that we are recording out of doors. Out of doors. Hey, you know what? That word outdoors literally means outdoors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out, out of doors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. I think they... I. I suppose maybe they just said, uh, they just took away the uh, the of, right? Out of doors. Yeah, because that's a lot to say. Where are you? Out of doors. Where are you? Outdoors. I walked outdoors to get here. Yeah. Ooh, that doesn't sound as good. (laughs) Uh, We're sitting on a back deck. We're surrounded by beautiful big Douglas fir trees, mostly. A couple giant sequoia. Um. And we just really felt like mixing it up, I guess. You know, yeah, we did. There was uh, there was an opportunity, and we're like, oh, yeah. yeah, sure, let's just go do it. Yeah, an opportunity presented itself. Yeah. Um, I said, Casey, please, please drive all the way out here. <laughs> and that is because, Alex, you are going to be taking the next week off. And yeah. it was, uh, was going to be silly of you to drive all the way back out here when you're actually going to be going further west. Uh, I'm sorry, further east. You're going to be uh, doing a sojourn. So, Alex, so you're going to a lovely place outside of uh, White Salmon-ish area, yes. yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go for uh, go live in a cabin in the woods for about a week. Um, I'm going to meditate a lot and do a lot of qigong, uh-huh. uh, write a lot of music. I was going to say that those are those are just the means to the end. It's honestly it's hard it's hard and unproductive to say I'm going to make art this week. <laughs> 
because then <laughs> inevitably the art does not come. There's too uh, much pressure. You have to kind of look away from it and hope that it inches closer to you. Ah, yeah, okay, I got you. It's yeah. like a, a, one of those ghosts in, in Mario. That's a really good example, Casey. I was also going to use like um, an abused shelter dog. Oh. You have to like put the food bowl down and then like sit in the corner facing away from it. That's what you're describing their, your music as? Yeah. Is an abused I know shelter that dog? I don't have a great relationship with with my art. You got to meditate on that, bro. <laughs> but yeah, you you were gracious enough to drive out here and, we're, and we um, use the opportunity to sit outside. Yeah, it's going to be nice. It's a lovely day. We had a thunderstorm this morning. It's not yeah. quite as hot as it would be, but it's still toasty. It is quite lovely. I'm sitting just barely in the sun yeah. and I uh, am feeling it. Yeah, and you look, uh, you look good. You have your microphone it's a short stance so you look like a crooner kind of sitting there with your cool thing if you want you can sit next to me and we can um, both sit on this couch yeah I, I do love you Casey but I'm not really into um, sitting that close and talking to each other because wow. then we're going to be if we face each other, we will literally be six inches away from, yeah. from each other's mouths. It's, it would be like a Meisner uh, acting exercise. A lot of people, you, you'll, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about if you know exactly what I'm talking That's about. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. We're and we're we're not we're not actors. We're podcasters. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Casey, we're talking about a tree this yeah, week. Yeah. Speaking of podcasting. Yep. It is uh, the tree that we're talking about here. I love this name. Is sour wood. Yes. And. Boy, talk, speaking of loving names, Casey. Yeah, we got a uh, we got a binomial here. Yeah, we do. Oxydendrum arboreum. Exactly. That is about as phonetic as they come. It really is, and uh, this is actually one that many people get wrong. Like it's very common to misspell it or mispronounce it. Yeah, I think I, I can. I bet the two biggest mispronunciations. Yeah. Are oxydendron yes and arboretum yes you literally called it that's exactly <laughs> it so it's yeah. oxydendrum as in I hit a drum and I make drum sounds yeah and I don't know why this has been chosen like I don't know what the like the ancient Latin reason is for this yeah. because normally it would be oxydendron which would mean acid tree. But Which is perfect for sour wood. Exactly. Yeah. And now it still is oxy, it still means that. Oxy means acid, dendrum means tree. But I cannot figure out for the life of me, other than maybe like feminine masculine kind of thing, oh. which I know is the case, but I still just, I don't know the language well enough to be able to figure out why is it spelled like that? I reckon like many of these things, it's one person like miswrote it at some point. <laughs> like you come to Ellis Island and the tree's like o oxydendron and they're like, yeah, whatever, oxydendron, get out of here. New life, new name. Uh, so Casey, we're talking sourwood today. That's right. And um, you promised me that I could play a little clip of something that I love dearly. I sure did. Um, this, this, the word sour will, will now and forever remind me of one of my favorite internet videos yeah um and i have not heard this yet you just told me about it yeah the the video is great but honestly we can just listen to the audio and it's yeah. it's also wonderful all right give it a shot this is a this is just to set the scene here this is a, a mother taking a little a video of her little daughter toddler um and they're eating uh they're eating raspberries or, or blackberries uh -huh. or something um and this is the daughter's reaction so uh take it away it's your shower. We get your shower. Maybe the ones are not sour. Can you get those ones? <laughs> 
Do we have those ones? Yeah, good yep. call, kid. There you know it is. what? Here's the trick, everyone. If you're trying to eat a blackberry and you're trying to pull it off the vine, if it relents and goes straight into your hand, it's ready to go. It's baby. ready to go. If yep. it even gives you the slightest amount of resistance, <laughs> yeah. Leave that berry where it's That's at. A, those are words of wisdom from yeah. Casey Clapp. That is a great way to eat blackberries. It's, honestly, it's a great way to eat almost any berry. And you know, I, I know some people, like, I don't mind a tart fruit here or there, uh-huh. a little underripe tart fruit, mm. but there is a line to be drawn. Well, Alex, I have news for you. We are going to see how tart wow. you prefer your leaves today. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait. But before we get to any of that, we got to take a quick break. We will be right back with the Sourwood here on Completely Arbitrary. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome Whoa. back. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Alex. I didn't mean to do that. We were having a little sing song. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. Casey, today we're talking sourwood. <laughs> yes, we are. How do, uh, I, the, the question on everyone's mind: How do we know this wood is sour? Well, honestly, that's a trick of the whole thing. I'm sorry. Was this was this tree named by beavers? Yeah. What? Come on. <laughs> by the angry beavers. Remember that show? Uh, I do. Yeah. I don't think I ever watched it. It was but... a good one. Let's talk about the sourwood. Where does this tree grow? I think it's a great question, Alex. This is a tree that grows in the eastern United States of America. Um, I actually, I don't think that it grows anywhere uh, anywhere outside of the United States. I think uh, usually, you know, we'd say eastern North America, uh-huh. which I think is fair here. But it grows from essentially the southwestern corner of Pennsylvania all the way down through the Appalachians and kind of the hills and dry plains and rocky outcrops into the south. Okay, so to be more specific, you would say eastern United States. Yes, I would say eastern and southeastern United States is okay. where it's native. And it's a tree that is kind of interesting because it's not its not like a tree that you're like, oh, boom, yeah, that is a tree. Oh. It's like one of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, I guess... I guess technically, yeah, that's a tree, <laughs> you know? Weak. And, and I say this, and I, I, I even wrote this down in my notes. I said, I mean this with all the love in the world, wow. but it's a middling tree, Oh my gosh. to say the least. Well, that, I guess it depends on your relationship with this tree. Very true. Uh, but that could be taken as an insult. I suppose yes. if you said to a, a hobbit, you're a very middling uh, inhabitant of Middle Earth, yeah, they might say, "Well, thank you very much." Exactly, in a way that they're meaning, like, mm, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> yeah, those hobbits. Yeah. I, I, I reckon the <laughs> oh, hobbits are. Hobbits? <laughs> I reckon hobbits are pretty like or- passive aggressive, right? Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably an ornery right. sort, and it's an ornery sort. <laughs> well, Casey, let's imagine that we're walking through some eastern mm. United States woods. I've never been, yeah. but I'd like to go someday. You should, uh, and we come across. These sour wood, these oh, yeah. sour wood. Let's ID this tree, Casey. Let's do it, Alex. And this might be one of the only times we can ID a tree, including its 
taste. Yes, exactly. So that's that's the thing about this tree. It's not actually the wood that is sour. Apparently, the wood is scentless and colorless. At there, best. Yeah, you just it probably smells like wood. Okay. Like wet ish i don't know wet wood i guess so like yeah. a wet dog yeah well it's not like a wet it's more just like moist you know okay like you, you cut down a doug fir or a cedar or something like a pine and you get like this intense like whew, there's that like those those smells that come mm. from the wood the, the is the volatile compounds that come kind of out pheromones kind of come out yeah exactly yeah so apparently there this wood is very neutral if you actually okay. cut it and smell it there's cool. not a lot to it interesting but the leaves are the things that have the taste. Now, we'll talk first about the form. We'll get into the leaves in a second uh, because, Alex, I brought some for us to taste. That's right. I'm very excited about this. But are are we still going to... Are we going to try those now or are we going to try those during our segment later? Honestly, whenever you want. Well, I, th- I say we wait till the segment. All right. I if think it's that okay with fair. you, we're going to have a... It's, it's going to be a buildup. Yes, that's right. And we're going to have a couple special guests for the segment as well. That sounds wonderful. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll save the taste of the leaves... Um, but Casey, uh, yeah, continue. All right. So this is a, like I said, a middling tree. You'd really expect it to be, I would say about 40 feet tall is kind of where you, where you'd guess that'd be maybe an average height of a tree, especially if it's in cultivation outside of its native habitat or on the fringes of its habitat where it starts to not grow quite, quite as well. Mm. It apparently can get up to 100 feet tall. Damn. But this is the thing. It's a tree that grows like on the edge habitat. It likes to be in the places that nothing else wants to grow or nothing else can grow. Wow. It's really uniquely adapted to dry, rocky, uh, acidic habitats. Hey, man, I'm, I'm thinking like the more I learned about trees, I'm thinking like that's... That's what you got to do as a tree. Yeah. Adapt to a place where no other tree wants to grow. Precisely. You got the fucking house to yourself. You do, yeah. It's party time. It is a little harder, though, you know? Sure. It's like, yeah, you got your house to yourself because you you live in a neighborhood that nobody else wants to live in, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So, you know, it's on either side. (laughs) But that's actually something that's interesting. This tree is in the Ericaceae family. Ah, if I'm recalling, we're talking the monkey puzzle. No, no, no. Oh, that's Aricaria. Aricariaceae, yeah. This is Ericariaceae. So, or Ericaceae, excuse me. I know, you got egg all over your face. No, this is the Madrone family. Oh, lovely. Otherwise, uh, including the rhododendron, Mm -hmm. azalea. Andromeda, uh, dog hobble. I think I could be wrong on that. Dog so don't hobble. Me. Yeah, it's like this little kind of diminutive, little shrubby kind of thing. God, I would love to talk about that someday. It's, it's very fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll figure. I'll, we'll we'll do a side episode on that. I think it'd be good. Yeah, that's a good family to be in, Casey. That's yeah, a, those are some all timers. They're some all timers. That's totally right. Uh-huh. And this family also includes Heath and Heather and oh. blueberries, cranberries, huckleberries. No kidding. Billberries, which are really just three or four different terms for the same berry. Oh. So that's a little bit of a trick. <laughs> yeah, all right. Everyone's into it. Family's not as big as you think. It's like a clump situation. They're well, all the same actor. Exactly. It's all the same thing. But this, I will say, is actually uh, not quite right. There is about uh, 4,250 species 
in this family. God damn. Yeah, there there's giant amount of diversity in uh like I think it's in South Africa and in the mountains of um South America. Okay. And like like hundreds of different species of these things. And uh they initially were like, "Eh, there's there's a couple here there, mostly in the northern areas." But the family has diversified in such an extraordinary way that Ericaceae has plants that grow in the Arctic, like all the way up to the highest point that plants can grow, hmm. all the way down through all the tropics and everywhere you can imagine in between. They have things that grow as trees like the madrone. They have things that are shrubs like the rhododendron and vaccinium, the, the huckleberries and blueberries. Yeah. And then they have these tiny little little herbs. And I'm not even sure if they're really herbs. They're mostly woody little shrubs. They don't get more than a couple inches. Wow. Like it's an amazingly diverse thing. To put it in... Uh uh, your terms, risk. Yeah, the the board game. Oh yeah, sure, the sure, classic sure. board game yeah, that my, you love so much. My favorite. Um, this is like the Ericaria, Ericace, Ericariaceae. This is Ericaceae. <laughs> the Ericaceae is like they've got cannons and cavalry, yeah. and foot soldiers and pikemen. I don't know if that's uh, the wrong era. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> halberd wielders. Yeah, they do. It's all the you got the errors. <laughs> and royal <spot> assassins <laughs> <laughs> and plagued rats. They got uh, them all. <laughs> yeah, um, let's deploy the plagued rats. Whereas some families in the are just like they have all cavalry or all trees. Is yes, the metaphor I'm making. totally. Yeah, That's very so right. I yeah. really like a fam a, a plant family that is just so diverse it is and it's done it all yeah. and it's done it all very well not in small part because it's made an evolutionary arrangement with some mycorrhizal fungi an arrangement huh we'll get to that in a second oh my god i can't wait because first we have to talk about the arrangement of the leaves oh wow what a transition Casey. that was amazing uh, gave myself a high five on you know that. all this experience of hosting this podcast is really paying off it really is it really is i can i can transition from going 180 degrees one direction to 180 degrees <laughs> in the other direction no problem both conversationally and physically you're yeah, a very just, agile man i'm gonna turn around right now <laughs> casey you gotta face the microphone sorry sorry silly anyway so it's an alternately <laughs> leaved plant Okay. The leaves, uh, they're kind of fun. They look like uh, giant uh, giant huckleberry leaves or giant blueberry leaves. In fact, I'm going to pull some up right now. Casey's got a twig. A twig? Is twig uh, sort of colloquial? Yeah, I think this is, I think it, a twig is the most recent, maybe two, three years worth of growth in a oh. in a slightly technical sense. And the branch is further down Exactly, or yeah, yeah. Okay. Where those end and start wow. is very much, uh, it's superficial. But the twig certainly is the current year, the last year, and maybe the year before that. Because okay. they show different uh, characteristics than the branches going dip. Back. Oh. So if you imagine it as a spectrum, the tip of the twig uh, is showing certain things. The base of that branch is showing other things. Cool. So it's it's kind of a spectrum like it all that. Ages as, or changes as it ages, rather. Yeah, exactly. Um, Casey, may I take a stab at... Uh, uh, Please, um, yes. At your heart? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, for those of you who know, I know Alex has no knife in his hand, so <laughs> I, I assume the metaphor was. Unless I'm like Assassin's Creed with one of those, oh. with one of those uh, wrist kind of sleeve Oh, yeah, knives. that's right. Okay, yeah. Well, those luckily cool. you're not wearing any uh, sleeves. Or white robes. Yes, so. Um, Casey, so these, these leaves, I will say, are very... Um, Simple, not in a botanical sense, but in a Ooh. kind of creative sense. In both. 
they are sort of shaped like a cartoon pair of lips, mm. just like a bit, just like a normal, very basic leaf. Okay, yes, what exactly. What do you call that? That's a simple leaf. Well, I thought a simple leaf just meant that it wasn't compound. That's exactly what it means. Correct. Okay. This so I this is uh, I would usually say this is just a standard leaf, a leaf shaped leaf. Exactly, okay. which is hard. I mean, that's a hard way to to describe it. But this yeah. would probably be described as ovoid, ellipsoidal, maybe. Yes. Okay. Like that. It's a little. It's a little longer. Yep. Than your basic leaf, and it's got this very curious. At least, yeah, a few of them here. So it's an officially an ID characteristic. Uh-huh. Has an acuminate tip. Yes, which means it goes to this very sharply pointed end. Yes, but that acuminate tip is whirled. It is. It's kind of twisted, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. it's not just like straight out. It has kind of a little cowlick to yeah, it. Yeah, right? That's um, a great descriptor. They're green. What else? Uh, yeah, and they're kind of light green almost. Yeah, it's kind of a lime lime green potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're a very attractive leaf. They I don't really know. They're, are. They're sort, of, they're sort of just... A leaf. I noticed one of them has kind of a kind of a red to orange discoloration at the base of the leaf. Yes, and that I th- these trees are they grow in like the rough spots of the world. Yeah, but they're also somewhat. Um, even though they grow in these spots, they're still sensitive. So Aww. this tree actually had a few other leaves that were just turning straight into fall color. Wow. So it, that tells me that it's just a little bit stressed growing where it was growing. Oh, man. Yeah, but that's a, you know, it's a planter strip. That's what you expect. It's uh, it's the end of summer. Oh. haven't had a lot of water, so I'm not surprised. But I tried to snag a little sprig that was of leaves that were still kicking it. Well, it's beautiful. And that's, that's, that's the leaves case. Yeah, and there's one other thing to note uh, is that the very edge has often these little tiny irregular teeth on it. Oh, yeah. So some of them are very much serrated, where there's little serrations all the way down, Uh but then some leaves are perfectly entire, where there's no serrations whatsoever. Curious. And then, the thing is, a lot of the leaves show both things at the same time. So it's entire, which means there's no serrations or anything along the edge, then there's one, two, three, four, and then there's nothing, then there's one, two, then there's nothing, and they're all very, very teeny tiny. So they can be there, sometimes the whole leaf is like that, other times it's uh, just completely smooth. That's just the way it grows? It's just the way it grows. Yeah. And uh, it looks a lot like um, a madrone leaf and also a tupelo. And the tupelos... Tupelo. Yeah, we haven't covered a tupelo yet. Like a water tupelo? Exactly, okay. yeah. There's water, there's black tupelo. Those are the two big ones that grow around. They tend to uh, have similar leaves, but they have, most of the time, no serrations whatsoever. Oh. And they're a little bit darker, and they're a little bit smaller, and more rounded. This one has that really pointy tip. They tend to have less pointy tips. It doesn't become quite so bristly. It's curious that you could say, it looks a lot like this other leaf, and then give me four examples of how it's different. Well, hey, that's what you got to do, right? I suppose so. Yeah, I mean. Like, if you have a leaf that looks like this, you can say to yourself, yeah, it looks just like all these other leaves because, like you said, they're very they're very much a leaf-like leaf. Yeah. So you have to look closely and kind of say, okay, so what are the differences? I see. Because if I pulled both these up in front of you, you would look at them and say, yeah, okay, they're different, but how? And you got to be really, really intentional about choosing the small little differences. That's a good point, Case. Well, Alex... These leaves, in the fall time, as you noticed, will turn extraordinarily red. And I mean, like, scarlet the way that Johansson has never been. (laughs) It is... O'Hara red. Exactly. It's just, like... (laughs) 
It's one of the most stunning fall wow. colors I have seen. Yet the trees themselves, like their whole form, is is very much like uh, like the swoosh of uh, of hair on a let's say. 18-year-old boy who just graduated high school and has grown his hair out. But not, okay. like, really long. Just long enough to where his mom's like, you just need to either grow it out or cut it. Like a li- maybe a bit of a Lord Farquaad cut? Yeah, I think so, yeah. From yeah, Shrek? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I was thinking more of uh, Casey Clapp circa 2007, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> Wow. It's, uh, yeah, so they kind of have this like almost shag top kind of swooshiness to the top of their crown. Mm. And the flowers also help out with this. The flowers hang down in these long kind of racemes, but hmm. they basically have this long rib that comes out, this little stem, and then the flowers hang down like kind of lanterns, just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah. eight, and they're urn-shaped, and this is a very classic shape hmm. of a flower in the Ericaceae family, where they look like they're big and bulbous, but all of their petals are fused together until they kind of create this small opening and then they just kind of pop back out. Very much like an old pot or piece of pottery you'd find. Um, very, very, it feels like a very ancient kind of pottery type, you know? Okay. Does that make any sense? I think so. Okay, yeah. They're honestly kind of gorgeous, Casey. They really are. And they kind of sit on top of the leaves because they're terminal, as you can see here, which means that they, as the new shoot comes out, there's leaves left, right, left, right, left, right. And then the end of the shoot pops out this big, long, kind of branching flower bit that has all these little flowers that just kind of come down and pop up. It's gorgeous. In fact, actually, I should say, they hang. the flowers themselves usually hang down, and then when the fruit happens, they kind of turn upwards. So the, the exam- we're recording this in late August. Yep. The example that you brought with you here, this little twig, the yeah. fl- it looks like the flowers are partially bloomed. Yeah, so they, um, they end up blooming from the, the back out to the tip, from the base of the flower out to the tip. Okay. So the ones that are closest to the stem, closest to like the main stem and the leaves, those will bloom first, and then they'll just go down the line, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That makes sense. So the very, very tip, those flowers are newest, so they're just now coming out. The ones at the base have already come out, and now they're turning into their fruit. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you can see the transition happen. So this has flowers and fruit on it at the same time. Yep, exactly. Is that something that you find often? No, generally not. Most of the time, you'll find flowers happen, then they're done, then the fruit fruit comes on. Yeah, so in this case, because uh, it kind of grows and starts flowering as it's ready, it's usually called an indeterminate tip. Tomatoes are often like this. Uh Then you can have flowers and fruit happen at the same time because it's kind of constantly growing new flowers. I almost imagine like the nutrients or whatever it needs to make the the flower uh-huh. kind of like being pushed from the the main stem outward yes. toward the end of the leaves exactly it's where the the first uh, the first flowers to get it they're like sweet we got what we need we're gonna go and then they keep going down the highway exactly the next flowers like, hey my shipment hey all right cool thank you yeah and it's going yeah you got it spot on gorgeous case so then you get those little fruit obviously right now they're green but they turn into like these little capsules that look like kind of unattractive berries that turn into these hard 
hard kind of not I don't want to say hard but they become kind of uh, dry and not flavorful no one okay. would eat these at all you wouldn't look at them and say oh there's something to eat they're just these kind of brown capsules <laughs> as Paul F. Tompkins says it's not something you would pop in your mouth and go yum yum <laughs> thank you Paul you are just you know it all just the funniest man alive <laughs> yeah so that's uh, that's kind of the thing about this and they all like the flowers add to this swooshiness to the top yeah. of the crown but the bark the bark is wow. really the thing that gets me going. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, the bark, the bark is on fire. <laughs> I should have. But <laughs> you, you're dealing with someone who only thinks of jokes afterwards and <laughs> hopes that I can actually get them in somehow. Well, hey, so do I, Casey. I just, I, I have the, the, the luxury of you get to talk. And then as you're talking, I, f- I figure out a joke. Ah, uh, I see. When you're done talking, I tell the joke. Yeah. So it seems like I'm coming up with it on the spot, but I've had it. a few seconds. I got I to gotta figure that out. I got I to gotta slow down a little bit. I mean, no. I, I'm, I'm very <laughs> good at... Uh... Hey, do it immediately. <laughs> Whatever I just said, forget about it. <laughs> well, so the bark is... It's the thing that I've remembered about this wow. tree since I first learned about it. It's incredible. It's just this... It's so beautiful. It's rough... And it looks like it's thick, but I don't think it really gets thick in a traditional sense. Yeah. But it forms these like alligator-like ridges. And the ridges kind of are broken a little bit on the top and the bottom, they're, but they're very longitudinal. Mm. And they kind of cross over each other, you know. They're, they're regular, like the whole pattern they make is very consistent over the entire base of the tree. I believe what I have is an almost perfect visual analogy. What is This it? is like maybe a 9 out of 10. Holy shit, okay. This bark looks like the matted fur of a Ooh. of a wild mammal. Really? Yes. Oh. Like think think like the the hind leg fur of like an ox yeah. or something. All right, or yeah. A, a buffalo or like a, even like a a uh, an uncared for house dog or something. Okay, so it just um, has to be, you know, kind of left there, not brushed out, and yes. it becomes matted up Really together. matted for, and it kind of sure. creates little like uh, ridges and pockets yeah. and things. Yeah, I think I can see exactly what you're talking about. Well, yeah, I know I can, and nine, it's great. Nine out of ten. <laughs> nine out of ten. I give my own ratings. <laughs> yeah, so they end up, they, they kind of have these flat-topped ridges, is that how I've always imagined them? Oh, sure. It's like ridges that just develop these cubic kind of yeah. scales to them. Cubic scales, that's yes. great. And then they just get bigger and bigger. As the tree expands, they just oh. kind of get deeper and deeper because they, they're splitting. But then as they split, because they're on this uh, this this circular cylinder of a tree trunk, mm-hmm. when the thing is small, they look like they're really close together. But then as it grows out, they also kind of spread apart. Because but they're not getting bigger necessarily. Exactly, because they're not growing. It's growing from the base. Right. So they look like they're getting bigger, but they're not. They're just getting wider spaced and there's more that are appearing in between. That's cool. So they just they just developed this incredibly rough, gorgeous appearance where you're just like, that's that's a tree that's that's ready for anything. Man, so far this tree's kind of killing it visually. Yeah, it really is. In but they're they're tiny little trees. The only way that you'd see this tree really big is if it started growing in a say uh, an abandoned field, something mm-hmm. like this. It started kicking it, some other things are like, yeah, okay, I can I can start growing there. They start growing and now you get this competition where the the trees are all trying to grow tall as they can and your sourwood maybe got a head start so it's kind of still kicking it and then it gets taller and taller and taller until it's this big tall spindly thing but there's still a mop of branches and foliage at the top 
or it grows on the side where no one else wants to grow. So it just kind of stays on this edge habitat on all these rocky slopes and just kind of pops its way out. If you drive through the... Uh, the Great Smoky Mountains on, uh, I think it's like maybe Highway 80 or something. Mm. As you're driving through, in the fall especially, you can see these these red trees just like pow, 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 pow. Those are sour one? Right out of the side of the rocks. Damn. Exactly. Yeah. It, they're, they're really tough trees. Wow. But they, they can compete, but 90% of the time, they their, their competitive advantage is not growing tall and getting big like an oak or a hickory or something like that. They have the competitive advantage of, like you said, growing where nobody else wants yeah. to grow so they have a house to themselves. Just outlasting. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, Casey, you, you're talking about these this tree growing in unsavory conditions and on the sides of things. Yeah. Um, and, oh, if, yeah. and then I learned earlier in the episode that this is in the same family as the Madrone. Yes. Is this a family trait? It kind of is. This is like the they're the Iron Islands, the yeah. the what are they called? The, the, the Greyjoys. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. It is exactly right and I'm so happy Alex you brought that up. Is this a perfect transition? This is the perfect transition. <laughs> it's kind of interesting though. It's a perfect transition, but at the same time, oh boy. it is there's a there's an asterisk to it. Of course. It's always going to be I know. But here's the here's the the situation. You are familiar with Michael Michael Reisel fungi. Michael Reisel. Michael Reisel. Yeah, I know that guy. I'm Michael Reisel. It's good to see him. He's just like a that guy's like just a fucking fungus all over. <laughs> he's just always around, <laughs> and every every year, but only once a year, he's delicious. <laughs> yes, I'm very right. familiar with mycorrhizal fungi. As a, a, a quick, I mean, it almost seems like as a quick aside. Look oh. up behind you, Alex. There's an airplane. There's an airplane. I'm pretty sure that's an airplane that drops water on fires. Holy shit. That's yeah. not good. Well, I mean. Well, I guess it is good. I guess it's fine. But uh, I could be wrong. I'm not 100% sure. It's flying very close to us, which, yeah. me, which makes me think that there's a fire nearby. No, there's there's no fire nearby. Well, yeah. I mean, depends on how you de- describe nearby. It's a bit of a, bit of a hazy day. Yeah, it is. Anyway, sorry. Um, for a quick refresher... For our fungal associates, yes, on a mic, what mycorrhizal is? Yes, so there are myco, there are <laughs> myco. I'm keeping thank it, you. man. Sorry, Damn it, Alex. There are mycorrhizal fungi, yeah, which are different species of mushrooms, or I should say, I'm going to stick with fungi here, fungus, and you'll know why in a second. It, that make a mutualistic symbiotic relationship with the roots of plants. Hell yeah, they do. Almost every single species, as far as I know, I, I've read a couple of things here and there. Some things are like every plant species has a mycorrhizal fungi. Wow. But I'm also like hesitant to say that, like, it's, it's really hard to say a really certain wide kind of uh, arching statements like that, it makes me nervous to say it because there's someone who's going to be like, well, not this plant, but I'm going to say it. Okay. Every plant has a mycorrhizal fungi, certainly every tree. Is it like a one-to-one? No, no. There are generalists and there are specialists. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, so some trees will have, you know, multiple different fungus on their roots all at the same time. Mm. Some will have only one fungus. Some will have one fungus Rather, some fungus only grow on particular trees. So there's specialists and generalists kind of on all sides. Okay. What we are talking about is a specialist 
kind of fungi relationship with plants in the Ericaceae family. Oh. That is the thing that I wanted to really talk about today. It's it's very um it's very curious to me the idea that like a fungus finds its niche. Oh yeah. You know? Totally. Like I know plants do. Yeah. Um and <laughs> Casey has a little I visitor. Dog. <laughs> a little dog here. Can you, can you hear the sniffing? This is Buster. Hi, Buster. Uh, he's Buster's my... the size of a small cat. Yes, Buster's a very, very small dog. Um, he has no sense of personal boundaries, but he is very sweet. Yes, I, which I... is nice. If you had no personal boundaries and you were a jerk, this would be a different story. Totally. Imagine him getting up in your face and then biting you. Yeah, exactly. Then he's... I'd be like, well, <laughs> you little dog messed with the wrong ape. I can throw you off this deck. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if they were the size of Buster. Yeah. Toss him like a discus. Exactly. Uh, he's a very he's a very sweet little guy. Yes, he he's is. my partner's dog. Anyway. Um, so yes, it is it is curious for me to think about like I guess I guess plants feel more human than fungus do if that makes sense that is so interesting to hear you say although although probably fungus are more human than yes. plants <laughs> yeah we are more closely related yeah. to fungus than we are to plants see that makes sense to me yeah but also i feel that fungus are more alien than totally plants are isn't that a funny dichotomy that they yeah. can have both at the same time yeah plants yeah. feel more close closer to to uh to uh homo uh plants feel closer to mammals than fungus does. Yes, totally. So here's the here's the funny thing. Um, of these, uh, what did I say? 40, 4,250 plants, uh, so 4,250 species in the Ericaceae, yeah. which is the, essentially the Erica family. And Erica is also heath. So uh, the, the heathlands up in the UK and Scotland oh, yeah. and that kind of thing. The, the fields of heather. Exactly. Heather is Erica. That's the species name for it. Oh. So that's where the, the name Ericaceae comes from. Oh, Erica is the name of, of, the, of heather? Yes, or at least some species of it, yeah. Oh, interesting. That's the genus. Okay. So uh, there's about 2,700 of these plants that make these special connections with a fungus mm. and those are called aracoid mycorrhizal fungi they're named after the family yes Holy because they're so unique they're Curious. not i guess i don't unique may not be the right term because it's not like they're doing something that everything else doesn't do because we've talked about mycorrhizal fungi before there's kind of two main types. There's the ectomycorrhizal fungi, which essentially make a sheath over the roots, yeah. and then they transfer things backwards and forwards. So cool. And then there's endo. Which is, it's actually, it shouldn't be endo. It's actually arbuscular wow. is, is the, the term. I think, I don't want to say term de jour because it's an old term, <laughs> but yes, they, okay. they no longer call it endo. Okay, well, there's arbuscular mycorrhizal fungi, yeah. which send just microscopic little hair-like tendrils yeah. into exactly. the root matter. Yes. Into, the, through the little, I guess roots have bark, right? Yeah, yeah, they do. They have this cortical kind of uh, thing on the outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a coating of some kind. Yes. And they actually connect into the into the cerebral mainframe as it were pretty much well not not quite that level but okay. they go they kind of go into the cell and then they kind of stay there I, I just want to say that because the cerebral mainframe it makes me think of like the brain or like the nucleus and they don't actually get into that section they don't go into the cell they go into the very outer sections of some cells uh -huh. but they'll also just fill in the cell itself like that there's is... some kinds of 
like like kind of the 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 space that is not taken up by everything else, uh-huh. the fungus will just go in and send all of its stuff in there. You know what this reminds me of? What? It's like a failing company, uh-huh. but they have like a really good product. Uh-huh. And a bigger company is like buys them out mm-hmm. and like we know how to market this product. Oh, and then yeah. suddenly that company's flourishing. Yeah. But it, it does have to take over one hundred percent. It's got yeah, you gotta let them take it take everything. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like the the our buscular uh, gets in there and almost like becomes the cell. In they, a way. It kind of does, yeah. Okay. Like it basically says, "We are the pipeline. We will make sure everything happens. Just follow us." Wow, it's it's a very interesting thing. So this is intracellular. It goes into the cell. Cool. There are others that just go intercellular, which is essentially they go between the cells. Oh. And they kind of make these arrangements or put this kind of, uh, this sheath, they call it a hartig net, which goes around the cell walls wow. and everything. It's, it gets so intense. And you know what I, you know what I learned that I didn't know? That there are ectophyte fungi. What that, is that? It's a fungus that lives in the cells are in between the cells of everything. Like every leaf of every plant in the entire world uh-huh. has fungus that lives in the cells in the leaf. Is that considered mycorrhizal fungi? No, because it, they're on the leaf. They're not have, they don't have anything to do with the, uh, the, the roots, which is what the mycorrhiza means. Rhiza means roots. Oh, I did not know this. But there are some that live in the roots. There are some that live in the stems. There is a species of fungus that lives on and in everything. This is going to be something we're going to be talking about. I'm pretty sure probably you and me too. I, I gave Casey like, and you and me too. Yeah, but I, I wasn't sure if you're like worried about it or if you're like, Wait, really? Should we call someone? We, should, we probably should. <laughs> Bathe in disinfectant. We're going to learn more about this because I have, I went down a rabbit hole and I had to stop myself. Oh my God. Because I'm like, this is not what we're talking about today. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, it's a whole other Holy story. shit. Every leaf, especially tropical leaves, yeah. tropical plants, every healthy leaf that you see literally has maybe 80 or more species of fungus living in the leaf. Inside. We're talking inside as in chlorophyll, like the way those are inside a leaf? I don't really know. Okay. It's just, that is half the thing that I couldn't quite find my way to. But yes, they live in and amongst the cells of <laughs> a wow. of a leaf. They walk among us. And no one's quite sure what they do, but they have grown a couple plants. Uh, that like uh, There's a, a, um, a dune grass, and they know that inside the leaves of this dune grass are these... Um, very specific fungi. So if they grow the dune grass in a sterile environment and there's no fungus, then it does not, it cannot withstand the salt that it normally would in its natural habitat growing on the dunes of the ocean. If you add the fungus back in, the plant thrives. So this is the fungus we are talking about grows in the roots specifically. And it looks like about 140 or so million years ago is the estimates based on the molecular clock. Okay. You remember the molecular clock is the idea that uh, there are little slight mutations that happen on a very predictable time frame. So if you can oh, look yeah. at, the, at, at how many of these little things have happened over time, you can basically say, count them up and say, okay, yeah, it's been about 140 years or so. Interesting. That is right now the estimate as to how long ago the first 
Ericaceae plant, the proto-Ericaceae, because they're all uh, monophyletic, again, another big word that we've talked about before, which means they're all one clad. There's one single initial plant that oh. started the rest of the family. Yeah, you know? cool. So that plant made a connection with this fungus, and then all of its descendants inherited it to some degree or another. Casey, I mean, like, speaking of chloroplast yeah. or chlorophyll, I, can, I don't know. Don't even bother. <laughs> it's a similar It's a similar sort of grandfathered-in relationship. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with a fungus. Right? And it is... Instead of an algae. So curious because it sounds like that this happened and these fungus are not 100% like you and me, baby. We're doing this. We're doing this together. Without you, without me, uh, neither one of us are going to be happy. Yeah. The fungus are called facultative fungi, oh. which means they just live in the soil. And then if a root from the right kind of tree in this ericaceae, actually not even tree, a shrub, and a small herb, if it grows, the fungus is like, oh, hey, buddy, what's up? Let's be, let's be pals here. And then they send in a uh, their ectomycorrhiza, but they're in these weird coils that come in and fill the cortical cells Creepy. of the thing. Yeah, imagine just like corkscrewing your way into ah, a cell. Yeah, lo they lobotomize the roots. <laughs> they kind of do. Yeah. Um, yeah, they sound like opportunistic friends. Exactly. Like but you get a truck, and suddenly this guy's like, "Hey, man, I gotta move." <laughs> hey, what's up, dude? It's so good to see you. I borrow your truck. I haven't and talked then... to you in like ten years. <laughs> and they borrow your truck, and you never hear from them again. You knew it was happening the whole time. Yep, you knew it was the wrong idea, and You're that's fucking putts. Whatever. I'm speaking from experience. Perhaps. I was like, wait a second, I, I. I thought we were friends all before that, Alex. <laughs> You've helped me move twice, Casey. Yeah, and I also like I, uh, we were friends before and after. You didn't you didn't approach me out of the blue, which is good. <laughs> Never. So that is uh, that's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, apparently, up to eighty percent of the root volume can be fungal tissue. That's how much of these wow. coils they send into the cells. That's more fungus than man. Yeah, by quite plant. a bit. Uh, well, wait, what? <laughs> Who are we? <laughs> yeah, we look around. Turns out we're all fungus. I mean, we, you and I, you and I. I think, I think, um, last episode or a couple episodes, we had a we had a question from a listener that asked like. Think 600 million years in the future. What do you think trees yes. are going to look like? Yeah. And we kind of purported that trees and fungus will become one in the same that in the same way that the chloroplast algae and leaves yeah. became one. I think that's I think that's it. Yeah, this is like I think we call a, kind of on that level. It really is. And so it, this at at surface level though it does it, this isn't new. It's happened before. Yeah, we know there's mycorrhizal fungi. This is just kind of this third. It, I don't even know if it's quite a third variety. It's just kind of a subsection of the ectomycorrhizal fungi mm. and it's it what makes it curious is from what i can find is a it's so different and it's only these kinds of things and it's mostly um ascomycetes which are the fungus that you see and you know okay that's a fungus but it's not a mushroom like fungus that's okay. that's kind of the the important thing to consider they're like the weird cup funguses or cup fungi i should say mm. that you see like growing and decomposing a little twig on the ground something like that okay i don't i don't know if i've seen those well if if you've uh if you've seen anything that you thought to yourself that's certainly a fungus but it's not a mushroom it's not a traditional mushroom cap oh because a mushroom is like specifically 
has like a stem and that yes. like penis head. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So uh, morels are a good example. And yeah, yeah, truffles. Yeah. These are all ascomycetes. Ascomycetes. Yes. Okay. They are these strange other kinds of things that um, essentially they have, they're called sac fungi. So they create this little sac that has all the spores in it and then pop that thing pops open and then their spores go out. Are those still considered like a quote fruiting body? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, you know, it's a general term for what we need. Okay. Uh, so in terms of exactly what it is, it does the same thing that all other fruiting bodies do, which is it is the part that's involved in the reproductive process in a very explicit way. Without sure. it, there would be no reproduction. It's sort of the it's sort of the flower of uh yeah. it's like the flower of the of the fungus. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um Casey, before we move on, there's a lot of planes going by. Yeah, there are. Oh, yeah. Is that another is that another water plane? No, this looks like a yeah, well this is a like I land on water plane. This is the oh, third time they've like a gone seaplane. by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So they have like those buoys, you know. Uh Casey, please continue our wonderful story of this Erica fungus. You got it. So the thing with this uh, fungus is, first off, it's interesting because it grows in this specific way. Yeah. It is also only growing on these kinds of trees. It is in the soil already. It doesn't need the trees. But whenever a tree's there, it will make this mycorrhizal connection with it. But it also, every now and then, does saprophytic stuff. Saprophytic. Yeah, that essentially oh means that they decompose stuff. We need we like a, a glossary. I was going to say, we got a episode. lot of terms in this episode, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Well, suffice it to say, that is just a decaying fungus. Okay. So they will actively go out and kill things and eat them up. Not necessarily like be a parasite on another plant and actually eat it from the inside out or something like that. This is one where if there's a dead stick, it will go and say, oh, sweet, I'm going to eat that stick. And then it will digest that stick. Like a turkey tail. Yes, exactly. Yeah, turkey tails will do that. They are saprophytic fungi. Cool. So this is a fungus that lives in the soil. And a lot of the mycorrhizal fungi that you're familiar with would only just find different minerals and they would break those mineral bits down. Maybe it's an organic uh, molecule or something. Mm. And they can break those down into forms that are usable for the plants and the trees that they're associated with. But very few of them actually will decompose the things into the molecules, then break those molecules up. A lot of times they just are better at scavenging. They just go around and they can get all the small things and they can turn them into usable things, but they don't necessarily go out and pull those from the bodies themselves. Other fungus will decompose it. Then a new fungus comes by and takes what's left from that decomposition and uses that to give back to the trees. It's almost like fungus succession. It kind of is, yeah. And this is such a huge complex. There's also bacteria working in these. There's insects, like sure. all sorts of different stuff. It's Nematodes. A universe of things sure. happening. God, that's the perfect way to describe yeah. it, yeah. So with these, wow. they kind of do it all to the point where some people are like, is this really like a strict mycorrhizal connection? Oh. And it, it is. Like, I think there's there's... Everyone's very much saying yes, but it's apparently very hard and it's a very understudied thing. It's hard to study because you have to find the exact fungus growing on the exact roots. But remember, they also just grow in the soil. So if you find one, it might just be growing in the soil, not necessarily 
growing as a mycorrhizal symbiont, symbiont <laughs> with the with the actual plant. Sure. But they also are like, but we're, we know it's there. They've done tests where they've had one blueberry with no fungus in the roots uh-huh. and it is like an inch tall. And then there's another blueberry with fungus in the roots that's like seven, eight, nine inches. All growing on the same conditions and the same everything. Wow. So we know that they're making this connection, but this also probably explains why Ericaceae family members are in all of the harshest spots. Like we were talking about, ironically, with the Madrone, give me five minutes and we'll circle back to that. (laughs) But yeah, so they grow in these really rough, harsh, like low oxygen, acidic environments, Ah. places that all these other plants, these neighborhoods that no one else wants to be in, the only reason they're there is because they made this connection with the fungus that can take those conditions. They're juicing. They really are. Wow. They're juicing, but the fungus doesn't necessarily need them. That's the thing. So it's not really symbiotic. But it is. <laughs> You're exactly right, Alex. It's not, or it doesn't have to be. Yeah. With other symbiotic uh, fungus, if the host tree goes away, uh-huh. then that fungus goes away too. Sure, sure. And vice versa. If the if the fungus goes away, the trees probably are not going to be as fit as they would be with the fungus there. So then they get outcompeted or they just die. Yeah, but this, with, with this, it's like... The tree is taken away and the fungus is like, all right, see ya. I'm going to keep kicking and doing my thing. Exactly. Okay. But because they made this relationship so long ago, whenever those plants go away and the fungus is still there, that actually makes the habitat better for these plants to be there. So they'll just come back. Oh, wow. Because the, the fungus will never really go away unless some huge catastrophic thing happens. But then even if there is some huge catastrophic thing, they'll probably just be like, hey, what's up? We're back. Come yeah, back in. yeah. So they've made this relationship, which is like so, it's just, it's unique enough to where everyone's like, this is weird. Why is this like this? But they're so hard to study and kind of understudied because they're not like maybe cranberries, blueberries are the really important things. And we don't need to study it. We can just say, yeah, okay, I don't know. It grows well in this soil. There's fungus here. Let's just live with it. Sure. But they're yeah, not, what would you get out of studying that? Well, I guess that could be said about anything. Right. And this is there there are many things that have said, yes, we need to study this yeah. because it's it's kind of a curious relationship. And we don't really know why or how it's it's really developed over a long period of time. And we don't know why it's different. That's very interesting. Yeah, we don't know why it's different than all the others. And in fact, I told you we could come back. I don't oh, know if it's been quite five. Are minutes. we circling? Let's circle back real fast. Hell yeah, madrones. Madrones. So madrones don't have this same kind of fungus. They're in the family, but they have their very own arbutoid mycorrhizal fungi. Please tell me what this is. It is the same exact thing, except it only grows on on madrones in the genus Arbutus and their their kin, and the Manzanitas, which are in Arctostaphylos. Wow. That's the only thing that grows this arbutoid which is always fun to say, arbutoid. Arbutoid. Arbutoid mycorrhizal fungi. That's amazing. Completely arbutoid. Completely arbutoid. <laughs> that's what, yeah, that, that's someone who's going to make fun of our podcast. Oh, yeah, completely arbutoid. <laughs> and be like, shut up, man. But the, here's the other thing. There's this, uh, this is kind of the last thing, and I, from here on out, I'm going to say this is almost all conjecture, at least the conclusions. Here are the facts. Okay. There is this one other kind of thing. Wow. And it's just fascinating. It has nothing to do with the tree at all in a specific sense. Okay. But I just wanted to cover it. It's called the mono 
monotroid, monotropoid, or monotropoid. 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 Let's start. Let's yeah. Let's say. Let's say that. Let's like go. Monopoly. Monotropoid. Monop. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I'm not gonna try and say it again because I'm just gonna <laughs> just gonna mess it up. But what the hell is that? So there are these uh, these plants. Uh, historically, people called them Indian pipe, but more recently, we're calling them ghost pipe. Uh, okay. And they are this uh, in the genus Monotropa. I'll show you a picture. You might have seen one before. They're uh, like these weird little candy canes that grow out of the ground. They look like if koi was a plant. Yes, that's a f- perfect description. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> they're they're like these uh, these. They have no chlorophyll in them at all. They're in the Ericaceae family, so they are flowering plants. Okay, and they grow up, and then they have like this tip uh, that kind of knocks over, so they kind of look like a candy cane uh-huh. with this little like this this flower head that just kind of goes Show and me opens again. up. There you go. Zo- can you zoom in a little? Uh, I don't think I can. I'm Command sorry. plus. Oh. Huh. Casey's uh, going to zoom in. Hey. He's zooming. Wow. Look at him go. There we go. Oh, wow. That looks so fucking weird. Yeah. It looks like a mushroom. It really does. Yeah. Right. Because it has no chlorophyll, which is, you know, you that's the thing that makes a plant a plant half the time. Yeah. And green. Exactly. So this is a species that uh, there's a couple different species, genre, that grows only as a parasite of a specific kind of fungus that is not a traditional kind of fungus. It's another mycorrhizal fungi. Okay. But that mycorrhizal fungi grows on trees, like pines and oaks and spruces and things like that. And then it goes from that form of mycorrhizal relationship to a relationship with the monotropa. And it then does the same thing where it will grow into the plant, into the the cells. But it specifically does not go all the way into the plant cell walls. It kind of stays along the outside. Okay. So it makes this other relationship with another Ericaceae plant. That plant just parasitizes the carbohydrates that the fungus gets from the tree. So it is a parasite of the fungus that is in a symbiotic, potentially, potentially parasitic relationship with the tree. Wow. So it's like a parasite of a subparasite of a tree. But that is under the premise that mycorrhizal fungi is, in fact, just a parasite that the trees are kind of taking advantage of, too, uh-huh. a little bit, okay. which then kind of makes it this mutualistic rather than a, uh, a not mutualistic kind of symbiosis, where yeah, it's like just one's winning and the other isn't. Parasitic symbiosis? Yeah, where exactly. Where each one is taking advantage of the other? Yeah, which is mutualistic? Pretty toxic. If yeah. You ask me. It, oh, super toxic. Yeah. But I guess if plants are just like all business, you know, and they're like, yeah, okay, this is... Yeah, you, you take advantage of me, I'm taking advantage of you. Um, I guess we're in relationship right now? <laughs> I don't know. But it's this other it's this other thing, and it's it's kind of interesting because they are like they have no chlorophyll. And it makes me wonder if the Ericaceae family made this big evolutionary agreement with this one kind of fungus. That one kind of fungus worked really well for them, so well that one plant just kind of started taking advantage of that and mm. then just like switched over here. I guess, I, let me just wrap this up because I don't really know where I'm going at this point. Okay. It's mostly that Ericaceae 
has something going on. <laughs> and I'm sure if I kept diving into this and like just went down that rabbit hole 10 yeah. more, you know, hours worth of research, probably a hundred hours, then I would be able to really know. But the most I found is that people have not studied this to the extent that they've studied other kinds of mycorrhizal fungi. Yeah. Probably again, for the reason that it is not the kind of thing that is, um, uh, like really a money maker for people. Like we're not eating off of these trees. We are not necessarily dependent on them. Yeah. Blueberries and cranberries and things like that. They're not like industry trees. Exactly. The trees themselves are not industry trees. Yeah. So we've just not really done a whole bunch of research and the research that we have done is actually really hard to do. So it's just been kind of this not ignored, but not like really steered into. Sure. But then you see these weird things happen where they split off evolutionarily speaking 140 million years ago and then some of them split off and do different things themselves in weird ways the arbutus and the manzanitas why are they different why why did they do that when they already had this other thing going conceivably with their other homies way back when then why are these monotropas doing all this weird stuff like like how how is all this work it's it's this thing alex that the sourwood is just the tip of the iceberg wow. for what exactly is going on. What exactly is going on, I don't know. But I want to get to the bottom of it. I'm the police chief saying, you got to quit this case. It's cold. <laughs> it's dead in the ground. Like, that's not true. Look at this, <laughs> Captain. How can you say that? There's so many dead cranberries out here. So, yeah, it's but it apparently is so, so useful for these plants that they've just gone everywhere in the world in the hardest possible locations. Yeah. Like the Arctic. This is where this fungus is helping these plants live. The highest mountains in the Andes. Like, who knows? It's They're everywhere. It's very curious, Case. I don't know. I don't get it. Well, we, uh, you know, some some episodes, I, it's, it's kind of... Um it's a little existential when I have to say we have to give a rating to this tree. After all this, it seems pretty arbitrary, if you yeah, ask me. it really is. Um, wait a minute. But we got to do so after a break. We'll be right back with uh, the exciting conclusion of the Sourwood here on Completely Arbitrary. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. That was our discussion of the Sourwood. Yes. More, more <laughs> this the... is my NPR. I oh. kicked into NPR mode. Hello. Those long, random pauses. Yeah. It's honestly, it's just, a, it reminds me also of uh, the local jazz station, which everyone should listen to, KMHD. KMHD. And uh, yeah, they also do that because they're like, hey, welcome back. <laughs> It just makes for good radio. You're like, huh? Welcome what? Jazz. (laughs) Welcome jazz. Um, Casey, it's time for a review of the Sourwood. I think it sounds great. I'm very excited for this. It should be good. Uh, I have have some thoughts. I want to know what they are, and I think it's good that we're doing this before we actually try these leaves that are right next to us. Yes. So I think it's best that we do this on aesthetics only. And wow. then once we decide, do we like the taste of oxalic acid or do we not? <laughs> that is, that's going to be a better way for us to do this. And it's safe to eat, correct? It is, yeah. I, I don't necessarily recommend that you eat it entirely. We're going to chew it and spit it out. That's That would be what I would recommend. Cool. Yeah. 
Well, uh, Casey, let's give our review on this tree, and here's how it works. If you're hearing another plane, uh, we got some news. There was a big, there was a big storm. Yeah. In Oregon today. Yeah, there's a nice little uh, thunderstorm this morning. Mm-hmm. Of course, with thunder comes lightning. Very, very frightening. Yep. And it put about 40 acres of land on fire, mm-hmm. uh, as it does. At least yep. it wasn't a human. Uh, they, yeah, we did not have 40 acres of human on fire. <laughs> right. That's what I mean. Uh, Casey, here's how our review works. We're going to get our final thoughts on this tree and then give it a rating of 0 to 10 golden cones of honor. As our resident expert, we'll begin with... You. Alrighty. So, this tree, I remember learning way back when, when I was very first learning how to identify trees. Cool. And let me tell you, I just love it. I think it's a beautiful tree. Again, it's not a tree that is going to be this giant centerpiece that's going to be like this massive statement, like a huge magnolia or something. It's not that tree. It ain't that thing. And it doesn't, it, it's not trying to be. It doesn't want to be. Yeah. No, exactly. It's, it's kind of like, uh, the, uh, kind of like the Kentucky coffee tree where it's kind of like, no, nah, I don't, I don't need this. I don't need here. Wow. I don't want to be here. I, I know <laughs> where I want to be and I'm okay with that. Quick interjection. That reminds me of, I don't even want to be around anymore <laughs> from that sketch from I think you should leave. <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to be around. I don't even want to be around anymore. It's uh yeah it's it's kind of like that it's uh-huh. like a it's also um I think of the uh the Japanese maple or the vine maple they're trees that are like you know what I actually really like just being over here yeah you don't want to be in the spotlight so yeah. don't don't force me to be there yeah but if I'm there I'll just do what I do wow but this is the kind of tree that everyone should plant somewhere on their property if it's appropriate because it is it just does really well it will find these fungus, it will make this connection, and it will just kind of cruise. And they have the most beautiful fall foliage mm. like you'll ever see. Like, I mean, stunna of a color. Would you call it red as fuck? I would probably say that, yeah. yeah. Now, it also has these really fun flowers, which I should just note as a side note, are apparently, again, and now that I've read this multiple times from multiple different trees, the best honey you've ever had. Oh. So I'm starting to take that with, a, let's say, a grain of salt, okay? <laughs> but with a drop of honey, as yes, they say. Yes, just a little bit of a drop of honey. Uh, apparently, yeah, people love it. They, it's, uh, the flowers come out, they're fragrant and bees just go wild for them and make some of the best honey that's around. You know what? I see it. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. It's not good. You wouldn't, you wouldn't not expect it. Mm -hmm. So I'll give it credit for that. I'm not going to raise it up to the best honey tree there has been because. That already has a place. Exactly. And now that I, now it's, everyone says that. So now I'm like, this is a fraud. I'm not into it, you know? Oh, everything on the internet has to be, this is the the best. Everything is like an absolute Yeah, exactly. It's not just okay. Right. Anyway. um, And I love the bark and I love the way the tree grows. I'm a fan of trees that look, I don't want to say goofy because it feels a little insulting, but I like a goofy looking tree. Yeah. A tree that just kind of grows and just does its own thing and doesn't, Follow the archetype of what people are like, thou shalt be a tree if thou grow like this. Mm. This is a tree that just does its own thing. Just very much like the Madrone, where it says, no, no, no. I've made my choice and I'm sticking with it. Wow. That's all. 
So I think for this, uh, well, actually, hold on. Let me let me balance that scale a little bit. Oh, here we go. It's overplanted. It's not overplanted, actually. <laughs> no, this you should plant it. It's underplanted. Yes, should plant more of it. Uh, but it it's also not a tree that will just blow you out of the water. Sure. You know, like you see a tree and you're just your jaw drops. Maybe in fall, but all the other times, man, eh, not really. As a man who likes hyperbolic trees, exactly. this is not one. This is not one. Yeah. It doesn't get there. It is a tree that you need to plant next to another tree. The big tree is going to be the one that you see, and you're like, oh, wow, look at that. That thing's huge. It's gorgeous. Oh, and look at this nice little shrubby thing right mm. next to it. To which you have to respond, oh, it's actually a tree, please. <laughs> So I think I'm going to give the sourwood. I think I'm at eight point one. This one, wow, another high, another high score. Great score. There are trees that I just enjoy, and this is one of them. I think I'm kind of betraying myself, Alex, a little bit. How's that this podcast? Case? Because now that we've been doing it for so long, I just want to cover trees that I enjoy. So the, all the scores are high. Well, sure. It's you got to find me when I'm in a bad mood, and then you're like, Casey, you want to do uh, want to do this tree? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna do apple three. I'm so mad right now. <laughs> just had a bad week. I don't want to talk about oh. it. I'm just gonna take it out on this tree. You know, Casey, I think as podcasters, um, we have to talk about the same subject. Every week. Yes, true. Uh, and you might as well talk about stuff you love. Yes, exactly. This is one of them. I, 8.2? 8.1. 8.1 Golden Cones of Honor. doesn't get up to two because, well, you know. What could get it there, Casey? What could get there? It's it's almost unattainable. No, it, wasn't, it wasn't rhetorical. But no. Anyway. <laughs> I love that. It wasn't rhetorical. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway. Um, 8.1 Golden Guns of Honor for the Sourwood from Casey Clapp. Alex. Uh, Casey, I'm I'm quite fond of this tree so far. Okay. Um, I'm sure that I've seen a million of them. Mm-hmm. I just like, you know, like so many trees, I just like don't know it till I see it. Yeah. Or don't s- see it until I know it, I reckon. Don't see? Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got um, you. I, I like... I like its uh, I like its leaves. I like its flowers a lot. I think yeah. it's very pretty flowers. I love the fact that the flowers and fruit kind of grow at the same time, yeah, kind of in an together. ombre fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a tree that has good. Why would you grow thereness? Yes, and this, this tree it. definitely has it. Yeah. If you recall, I'm a big fan of the madrone. Yes, I do recall this. Um, I also love the fact that this family is kind of like. Just all over the place. They're kind of like uh, the black sheep. Yeah, it's a but family of black sheep. black sheep. I don't know. I just don't. This family is just an enigma for me. Yeah, Alex, I think I that's really it. cool. Yeah, I think it's cool that it like it's its goal. It feels like the the Erica family. Yeah, its goal is just to survive, mm-hmm. and it will take any means to to do that. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like that was its goal, and it's accomplished that goal. Oh, now it's just like crushing. It is. It's just living the high life. Every blueberry you've ever had, every huckleberry, every cranberry, it's all the same. They all come from this. Every rhododendron, they all do the same thing. And I'm a big fan of all those plants, too. I know those those plants are not up for judgment at the moment. Not, no. They've they've escaped our wrath. (laughs) By virtue of not being trees. Uh, But... I have a fondness for the sourwood, lacking familiarity. That's okay in my mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. Casey, it's funny that you said 8.1 yeah. because I chose my score before you chose yours. What? And I'm going 
two wow. Golden Cones of Honor. I can't believe that. It's true. I love it when we're on the same page. Me too. It feels like I feel a little bit validated. I'm uh, like, all right, okay, yes. yeah, cool. See, if, I, I also feel that validated because we look at trees very differently, you and I. It's true. I will admit, I have probably rubbed off on you, so you might see trees the way I see trees more often than you would maybe see it the way someone else does. Perhaps, but I also, I think I have my own spin. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't know what that what that spin is. Nobody but. does. It's your own. <laughs> it's the Croson special trademark. <laughs> uh, that was our review of the Sourwood. A great conversation, Casey. I agree. It is time. For a segment. Let's do it. You know, sometimes out on that trail, you get a little hungry. You get a little, little peckish. <laughs> peckish. Peckish is such a Casey Clap word. <laughs> is it really? I yeah. love that, actually. It's one of my favorite words, so I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> and you got to get yourself a trail snack. This is Trail Snacks. Nom, nom, nom. Nom, nom, nom. Nom, nom, nom. Okay, Casey. Casey's got his headphones. I'm ready. Sorry. I had to also have my hair. It's kind of flowing in the wind, so we, we got to do it. Okay, so this is Trail Snacks, and we have some special guests. Hello, everybody. We have Lily, and we have... Howdy. <laughs> Mr. P and Master K. What's up, you guys? And we are ready to try, as we alluded to earlier... Yes. The Sourwood Leaf. The Sourwood Leaf. Now, we skipped over this a little bit, but we should note that the Sourwood Leaf is actually a very <laughs> medicinal thing. It's been used for medicine for uh, thousands and thousands of years. Anyone who lived near this tree would use it for a thousand different things. Yeah. It was, uh, it's kind of one of those things where whenever you have um, a some kind of uh, plant that's really intense, it's got like some intense flavor, uh-huh. intense aroma, people are like, this is, there's something to it right and then often it does it has something to it they would use this for like uh urinary things is kind of what it would do it would would help speed things up if you're a little bit like well it's not quite working and this would help you out okay yeah yeah it's also we're trying to say diuretic i think is the term i'm looking for it'll make you pee it'll make you pee (laughs) uh casey ever the ever the formalist yes i i i like to say things like well it's sort of well it's it's somewhat like uh, uh, pee That's your Royal Society character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, we, I mean, I'm reminded of the sassafras, which is one of those plants that's like had some, had some uh, strong sort of taste. Yeah. And people were like, well, this must be doing something. Whoa, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's a bunch of other trees we could probably come up with that have a similar thing to it. Yeah. Yeah. So common. For sure. Now, the other thing is that inside this, we brought it up a little bit uh, earlier. This, uh, the flavor in here that we're all about to taste is oxalic acid. Ooh, acid. That is the same thing in oxalis. Are you guys familiar with this? The little clover-like plants that grow in the bottom of forests areas? Oxalis? Oxalis. It looks like a three-leafed clover. I don't know if I've seen this. Yeah, I guarantee that you have. If, well, you, walk yeah. out, if you walk out into the forest, into uh, any kind of moist area, you'll probably find some some amount of that. It's okay if he's here. I, I want to interject that Buster Please. the dog really loves Casey. He does, and I love Buster the dog. He just wants to eat some of my, some of my leaf. <laughs> I'm not gonna is do it? That. Is he? I'm sorry, you can't I hope it. it's not toxic. I don't think it is, but if it is, that's okay. We'll, we'll squeeze <laughs> you out. He'll throw up and yeah. he'll all be fine. Exactly. Okay, so um, everyone, 
Let's all take a bite. And you at home, go find your own tree. Pause. <laughs> and if you can go find your own tree, yeah. I want we want to hear it uh, also. We should sell these on the merch store. We really should just <laughs> leave. Get a laser engraver <laughs> and put dark logo on it. That sounds great. Hey, that's not a bad idea. Right. Um, okay, Here on the go. count of three, we're all going to take a bite and chew, but not swallow this sour wood. Let's yeah. go. One, two, three. It's very sour. Oh, wow. There it is. There it is. <laughs> oh, everyone. We're all, we're all, all the yakking and retching. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, the boys are spitting over the balcony. Oh, I hope you guys are all okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. We got sour patch kids. Okay. What do you think it tastes like? Sour Skittles? Sour Skittles? Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh -huh. uh, Lily, do you have anything? Gross Lily is thinks what we it's hear. Gross. Okay, that's very evocative fair. word. Yeah. Um, you guys are gonna think I'm crazy. Alex, what do you think? I love it. He loves it. <laughs> you are such a freak. <laughs> I think it tastes like uh, kind of sour green grapes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It has I that love like it. leafiness to it, right? Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm -hmm. So this is. Wow, give me another. This is. Uh, this is uh, there it is, right Fill there. Me up. Yeah, yeah. You got that for a little bit. This is. Uh, mm, it I is, love it. It's one hundred percent like like it one? adds a strange tanginess, you know. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people tangy. historically have taken this or the oxalis, and they would toss it into a salad. Mm. And so you'd have like um, a salad that's kind of this neutral kind of flavor, yeah. and then you have this like pang 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 of like sure. this this, uh, this acidic kind of. Uh, tanginess that comes to it. I can see this offsetting like earthy greens really well. Yes, exactly. It's, it's almost lemony in a yeah, way, Casey. Yeah, totally. Um, why does it taste like this? This is just the the acidness. So our tongues will pick up, you've heard often like um, the idea of uh, the umami and the acid and the sugar in uh -huh. food, you know? Yeah. It's similar to that, except of course the acid in this is just meant to keep herbivores from eating it. Mm. So it puts these uh, these different acidic chemicals inside the leaf. So whenever anything eats it, it's like, oh, blah, blah, I don't like it. Just like what I did. It's a, it's a defense it mechanism. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know why it does it, but that right. is why we call it the sour wood because it's pretty sour. Oh, now Alex The second one it. is not as tasty. Yeah. I think this one is like bigger and maybe the flavor is different. Yeah, maybe. Mr. P, you want to get me like a smaller one? Like a smaller, younger leaf? Yeah, that's what I'm talking Blech. about. Thanks, bud. Yeah, Let's I'm gonna st I'm gonna stop trying. I don't like it at all. See this one? It was better. Bitter? Better. Better. Woo! There he is. I it's, think uh, the I think the smaller and younger the leaf. I have like a medium one. I don't want to be worse than the bigger one. You okay. have a medium one. It tastes more. It tastes stronger than the bigger one. Yeah. Okay. See, I think this all this all makes sense. This is a this is a scientific review. All it sure is. Yeah. Well, we have five people, so let's uh, let's give a, a thumbs up or a thumb down. Yeah. If you like how do it. we feel about thumbs about about thumbs? Okay. We got. <laughs> Show me your thoughts on thumbs. We got one thumb down. We got wow. two thumbs up. Alex, your both, thumbs up too. Both the boys are thumbs up. Okay. Lily, thumbs down. Casey. I am gonna be a sideways thumb. You cannot do that. I can't. Okay. Then I'm gonna be an up thumb. Okay. Now I'm gonna be a down. This thumb. is why we have a zero to ten rating system, exactly, Casey. Yeah. Yeah, but now I'm only getting binary here. That's, that's what makes a problem. I tried to go five, and you said no. It's one or zero. I said this. Yeah, you just said just now. You oh. said you said you can't. I can't go. I can't go medium. I can't go oh. side. I have to go up or down. Well, just because this is our show, down. completely arbitrary. Let's mm -hmm. give us. Let's give it a rating of zero to ten. Ooh. What's a word that rhymes with cone that is a food? 
uh, cone, ice cream cone. Sure. Can you rhyme cone with cone? <laughs> I think so. Comb, maybe? No. Uh, <laughs> we combs. Uh, yeah, I like, like a cone. honeycomb. Cone, okay. Oh, 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 obviously. Yeah. Honeycomb. Let's do comb. Comb. I okay. made fun of it at first, but I think it's really good. Nice. Okay, thank you. This is how it works, you guys. So I give the sourwood leaf, man, I'm thinking like a... 7.5 golden 7.5? combs well. of honor. <laughs> okay, all right. What do, you, what do you guys think over there? Uh, I say like uh, a six and a half. We got six and a half. Okay. Do you want to be on the mic? We got a six and a half golden combs. Okay. We have a six. A six? Okay, this is all in the... And another six. All right, I'm going four. Wow. It's not that I don't like it. It's just that I, I, I don't like enjoy it. I wouldn't think to myself, yeah. I'm going to put this on my salad. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to love it. Sure. I guess that's what we kind of are rating it on is like how how much you would enjoy just like eating it as if it were food. Yes. This is a novelty mm-hmm. that I enjoy. Just like there's a, a Umbellularia californica or the Sweet Bay Laurel, Sweet Bay Magnolia. These are plants where you can say, hey, guys, check this out. And you rip the leaf open. You give it to someone to smell. Yeah. And they're like, oh, whoa, that's intense. Sure. Oh, my God. But you wouldn't pick it and put it in your food. Exactly. That okay. is what I, that's that's where I'm at with this. I, I get you, Case. It's a novelty also for identification. If you're like, I have a feeling this is a sourwood. How am I going to figure this out? Take a bite, see if it's sour. I mean, that's that's very uh, rudimentary, but uh, hey, it works. It is, yeah. Hey, sometimes <laughs> the hammer's just the easiest tool. It's hey, been man, around forever. You're telling me, brother. Uh, that was Trail Snacks. Thank you to our wonderful guests Thank for you guys eating for some sour us. leaves. And keeping Alex and I in check while we uh, take adventures and try to decide things for ourselves. Sometimes it's nice to have an extra party involved to it's be true. like, you guys are in the wrong direction here. <laughs> See, I, I did notice that the three of these people uh-huh. were in kind of the mid-range of their mm-hmm. scores. You were low, I was high. Yeah, see, that's what's important. This is, this is uh, it's the, the, what is it, the rule of averages or something? The more you get, the more average it becomes. This is why, yes, exactly. Yeah, okay, this yeah. is why podcasting is unhealthy because it gives you the opportunity to have extreme opinions Yes, ex- yeah, live on air. We are a very toxic podcast because of that. <laughs> uh, Casey, that was Trail Snacks. All right. It's time for our completely arbitrary Q&A. This week, our question comes from... I'll say, uh, what's the opposite of a fan favorite? Uh, a host m- favorite, a, a Muggles least favorite. <laughs> what? I don't know. I'll say a host favorite, Angie Smith. Angie's an OG fan. What up, Angie? Hi, Angie. It's good to hear from you. Angie says, "It has to be asked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the survival of the Banyan Tree in Maui?" That is a very good question. As we know, there are, I believe, still fires, uh, wildfires raging in Maui right now. I think, at least, if not raging, they're at least still uh, still popping around. Yeah, I guess I use the word raging too yeah. wantonly there. So, yeah, Casey, what do you think? Yeah, so this is Banyan. It's probably the Bengalensis is my my guess, mm-hmm. uh, the, the famous fig that grows and is planted all over the place. And I've actually been to Hawaii, not to Maui, but I've seen these kinds of Banyan trees growing in, uh, I think I was on Kauai when the, where I specifically saw the one I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. And they are... In what a did you call it? Sense. What the the species? What did you call it? Uh, Bengalensis. It's Bangle- our yeah yeah. It's our oh, ficus Bengalensis. Yeah yeah. Oh, okay mm-hmm. okay. 
So uh, in this case, probably just normally grown, but then there's 750 different species, so I'm not 100% sure, but they grow uh, essentially the same as Bengalensis. I see. Where they have all those big uh, aerial roots that come down off the branches yeah. and creates this big giant thing. We love strangler figs here. Yeah, we really do. So all of these uh, trees are not native to Hawaii. I don't believe there's any figs that are native to Hawaii. They're more native to Southeast um, Asia, Polynesia. Yes, exactly. And down into the tropics of Africa. And I think there might be some in, might, maybe some in South America, but I'm not sure. Native? Don't quote me on that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, down into the Pacific and that kind of thing. So this is a tree that was planted about 150 years ago. It's not native, so, you, you know, there's there's this kind of bit, but it's a symbol of the tree, you know? It's not a symbol of ancient Hawaii, but it's a symbol of the people and the place today. Yeah. And it is, it's a, it's a giant tree, and as... I was talking about this and have been keeping up on the news. The fires there are just, it's an atrocious thing. Like, it's absolutely one of those, uh, and I, I take this from uh, the the podcast, of course I love, The History of Rome, where he's like, I hate when everyone says it's a perfect storm. They just throw that around these days. Mm. And they just say, it's a perfect storm. It's like, no, it's just like a normal thing that happened. Just a coincidence. And that's it, yeah. yeah. So this is in a literal and figurative sense, a perfect storm of a situation, mm. both for uncontrollable and somewhat controllable reasons. This massive conflagration destroyed everything and left like this this tree potentially still alive. But because it is uh, this tree, it has like a higher meaning. And trees are something that I you know, everyone knows, I'm like, yes, this, they mean a lot. They're really important for ways that are more than just, that's a nice tree that's shading my house. This yeah. is a nice tree that exists because it's pretty. They have all these other existential things that we can't quite measure, but we know are there. So when you see this tree that is growing and still alive amidst all this devastation, it gives you hope because the tree itself is like, I'm not finished. I'm going to keep going. Trees are naturally metaphorical. Exactly. And this fits the moment perfectly. Yeah. So I think that it's a spectacular thing to rally around. Um, you know, aside from this biological thing where I was like, well, it's not even native to Hawaii. Boo. It's like, shut up. It doesn't matter <laughs> if that's the case because it is this symbol. And yes. you don't have to have this, you know, uh, the symbol can just be a symbol for the symbol's sake. It doesn't have to have all this other kind of bona fides, you know, to necessarily make it, you know, that good symbol. We don't need the butt actually crew to chime in. Exactly. Yeah. Which is, you know, most of the time it's me. So I have to be like, oh, well, let's just, uh, mm, I, don't, um, I don't lope you in with those people. Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's great. And I have a, a strange relationship with wildfires and a lot of things. Uh, the most recent book <clears> I've read is called Other Lands. And at the end, it talks a lot about the, the climate and what we're going through now versus what we went through like millions of years ago in yeah. like mass extinction level kind of stuff where they're like, we're not messing around when we tell you that the things that are changing are big and important because the last time it happened this fast on this scale, the entire earth in 90% of the life on it perished. Yeah. So there's this naturalness to fires. There's also this unnaturalness to fires, the way they're happening now. So in Maui, 
so many people died and so much destruction happened about this cultural thing because I'm also this person who loves the small cultural bits of a place, you know, the little neighborhood shops, your, your old little houses that have been turned into pubs that you can go into and hang and it has this nice little feel to it. Mm-hmm. So like culturally, the destruction's massive and just incalculable. And so the fact that there is this, this thing that is not built by humans, whether or not it was planted by humans, it has grown and it has done its own thing and it survived on its own merit. That, I think, is something that we can all look at and think, even amidst all this destruction, life prevails. It's still there. It's cooking. And it gives you hope. And you have to have hope in this immediate moment, but also in the larger context of the moment that we're living in. Honestly, it's just the, the era we're beginning. I think it's really important. I think it's really important that people focus on that. But I think we can't focus on it. Until the kind of the crisis fades in the background of the news cycle, yeah, and then everyone there is like, "Oh yeah, the old fig tree that survived that big massive fire." I think it should also be like we need to look at trees that are still alive in normal situations as important symbols of what we can do and how life will continue and how we need to be focusing on all the rest of the life in the world in order to focus on our lives in this world. Does that make sense? Beautiful, Casey. Yeah, so I'm 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 pro uh the Lahana fig tree. Wow. My answer is um yeah, what Casey said. <laughs> well said, Alex. Thank you so much, Angie, for your question. If you've got a question for us, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash arbitrary pod. Of course, the crown jewel of our Patreon, the Cone of the Month Club. Every month you get cool cone stickers illustrated by different artists. In fact, let me just break in real fast. Casey is grabbing a little translucent bag. It's actually a bag that you gave me. Is this really? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you gave it to me. I just maybe never gave it back. I believe a cable came yeah. in that bag. I brought a bunch of, brought a bunch of stickers for uh, Mr. P and Master K. That's right. Well, what's up, you guys? <laughs> Casey threw them on the... I didn't mean them to go off. He did sort of a make it yeah, rain. <laughs> all these cone stickers. Yeah, these are these are all the cone stickers. These are a bunch of ones that we have. Uh, if you join the Cone of the Month Club, uh, as I rudely interrupted Alex... Please do. You, you can actually get all of these... Even though these are our backlog, let's see what do we got there. Show show us these cones. Yeah, we got a we got a Coulter pine that glows in the dark. That one glows the one in the dark. Yep. And we got some. We got a Monterey cypress there. Yep. We got a. Uh, those are tree buds. Those are uh, those are those are postcards we're gonna send out. Eastern white pine. We got a ponderosa pine. Big or, cone. Or a uh, not a ponderosa. China fir. What is that one? Uh, uh, that one. That's Ponderosa. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you got it. Oh, I'm, I'm, I mixed it up with a different yeah. one. Yeah. Now, if you want to have, what Alex, I think you're trying to say is if you want to have as much joy and excitement as everyone here. That is what we're trying to express here. Join the Cone Month Club. Yep. Patreon.com slash Arbitrary It's the best way to support this podcast. If you get to the end of your month and think, hey, you know what? The several hours of enjoyment and knowledge that I earned from, that I earned, that I learned from, uh, I earned this. You've been doing push-ups this whole time, right? (laughs) From Casey and Alex. It's worth 10 bucks or even five bucks or even three bucks or even one buck. Join the Patreon. Show us a little love so we can continue to make this show that you love. That's right. Casey Clapp. With that, Alex. Wow. Thank you for talking about this very, the sourest of woods. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> and thanks all of you guys for coming out here yeah. and eating this with us. Thank you so much to our special guests. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Completely Arbitrary. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Completely. 
Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. 